congratulations to the Navy midshipmen. I can't buy no more. I can't buy no more. Army, for the second year, has won it. To the winners of the Commander-in-Chief's Trophy, the great Air Force Falcons. back to another episode of the Against All Enemies podcast. We are here post uh, Navy Yukon Friday night and Army Air Force, of course, on Saturday afternoon. So we do have plenty to talk about football-wise, but as far as the upcoming week, uh, it's pretty uh, pretty lame. I, I would go as far as to say the worst week of, this, of the full football season, right, for the service academies. Can we agree with that? Probably. Um, so Navy's off. Navy's got a bye week. Um, before a huge game next weekend, um, and we'll save that for next week uh, about the Notre Dame game. But um, my cautious optimism is pretty high right now um, going into that game. Um, not that they'll necessarily win, but just that it's going to be a really, really good game. But they're off. Uh, Air Force, um, it's not going to be a very exciting weekend, I, I don't think, um, unless you know we can discuss that But uh, for that. So we'll, we'll do some recaps. We'll do a little bit of previews. Austin's got some fun stuff, some Twitter questions. Um, some things to throw out, starting to look ahead to bowl games. Um, sorry, Army um, fans, uh, but, you know, um, they're still not mathematically eliminated from a bowl game, I no. suppose. Um, and then uh, we're going to look at some uh, some of the other sports that have been going on this fall season that we've kind of neglected uh, on the podcast, just mo- mainly focusing on football. And then just a quick rundown of uh, it's, uh, it's week one of basketball season, as Austin reminded the Slack channel this afternoon, like, hey, guys, we should probably do some season previews. Uh, and it's true. Um, basketball season is upon us, um, so we'll do some quick rundowns of what to look look forward to this week as, as most of the teams kick off tomorrow um, in big games and in the Veterans Classic, of course, for Navy, one of their big events, uh, biggest events of the year uh, happening on the yard this week. Um, so good stuff. I'm excited. So Navy UConn, we want to start there? Yeah. yeah. Sure, man. I, I mean, I don't want to take up too much time on it. I mean, winning's good especially after a 3-10 and 10 last year. Uh, I was watching this game in the back of a corner at Smash, which is a ping-pong bar in Jacksonville, Florida, because I was also watching the Shutdown Fullcast live recording, which was a lot of fun. Um, I think if you're listening to the recording, when Malcolm Perry got his first touchdown, when he did the spin move juke, I'm pretty yeah. sure I was the only one who made any sound at all on the movement or in, the, in the whole entire room during that recording, so I want to hear myself. Uh, That's funny, because I did the same. I mean, I was in my parents' house, like, um, so it was just my parents and me and Jackson, but um, I did like I I screamed out spin move. Did you scream out spin move? Because I, I did. I, I was, mean, as soon as I was like spin move, spin move, he's gone. I just made you know, something some like sound. that. I was like, oh shoot, or something. But I think everyone around me was like, what is this guy doing? Because no one else in there, I promise you, was watching the Navy UConn game that was on TV in there. <laughs> was no one else that cared about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, fifty six to ten. Uh, I I said take Navy at the. Was it minus 27, 27 and a half, something like that? Which you just kind of knew that was going to happen. Um, yeah. There was a small worry there that maybe they wouldn't have covered and they win by 21, and it was kind of a gross game, but that's not what it was. Started off a little slow, yeah. first quarter a little slow, seven all, 14 to 10 at one point, and the Navy just broke away. Um, again, I, there's so many other more fun things to talk about. I, I don't want to downplay this win in particular, but if anything, the story should shift immediately to being seven and one going into the bye week before you play Notre Dame. Like, obviously, I guess you could have asked for eight. No, but this is a near perfect scenario that you could ask for if you're a Navy football fan. Yeah. So this weekend I was like thinking, I don't know why this like stuck out in my head, but um, for both you and for Scott, for different reasons. So Scott, obviously um, getting the win over army and then just the way that that, we'll get to that there way the air force football official Twitter accounts and stuff through just massive shade Army's way um, after that game. But but kind of some um, vindication that, that came around. Apparently, I'm, I'm Twitterless right now. I'm not doing social media for the, through the, the holiday season this year. But um, coming back full circle, apparently from people finding our article on Yahoo that, that Gavin and Scott wrote about why Army wouldn't win the CIC this year. And, of course, that was going into this year. Um, you know, if you look at that versus – um, Austin, yours and, and Rocky's article about why Navy was going to, you know, win the AAC essentially, like both of those kind of seemed 
not laughable, but you know, just far fetched on on opposite ends. Um, though I would say Scott and Gavin's, um, they believed, you know, they with more certainty that that, that was a, a strong possibility. Um, so I don't know why I was thinking about it, but that um, the scene from the Chappelle Show on the Black Bush um, episode <laughs> where he's on sure. the aircraft carrier. And he, <laughs> And he's like, right, I told y'all, I told y'all, you see me coming in on that plane? That got us, Rocked that him. got us through Bancroft Hall, man, the spell show. Yeah, that's all, I don't know why that stuck in my head, but that's what I was thinking for you guys, where it's like, I told y'all, <laughs> rocked him. Um, uh, Except maybe yeah, the mission I mean, accomplished yeah. banner is up too soon again, so I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> so, so I, I thought maybe you could maybe even speak a little bit to that, those predictions. I don't even know if you remember what all you predicted in that article, but it is absolutely crazy, and you're right. Like, great game, Malcolm Perry, um, both uh, over 100 yards, both passing and rushing, three touchdowns he accounted for. Jamel Carruthers, three more touchdowns. Like, that dude has just come on, like, um, unbelievable the past three or four games. Um, some good defensive play, you know, play from um, Kevin Brennan, Jacob Springer. I mean, it was a, obviously another great, solid win, kind of, uh, maybe even more of a blowout than I expected, but they, I mean, they were just, they just dominated um, from the second quarter on. But to your point, like, maybe it's better just to talk, if we're going to talk Navy from this past week. Navy football is 7-1, and one, ranked 25th in both polls, right? Correct. Um, and um, this is, this is why we're recording this. The college football playoff poll has not been released yet. So when this comes out, it will be released. So I'm interested, it'll be interesting right. to see if they're in that, that but. Yeah, no, yeah, and absolutely. Um, but yeah, so like for our Navy time, the last, five minutes or however long you want to go on it but let's let's go back to the beginning of the season with your absurd projection prediction navy homer article and just kind of maybe yeah. walk through the fact that we're, we're where we are this is on memory um but i do recall that i said the army navy game was gonna be the most watched game in college football history because i had them both being one loss teams going into that game mm-hmm. um and the g5 bid on the line for navy and i think i may even have mentioned a potential um at large bid for Army or something. Like both teams are ranked top twenty type thing, and it was you know that game was going to be big, and everyone was going to be watching it because it was going to impact so many bowl decisions. Um, what's crazy about that is that there's a possibility Navy would go into that game with with one loss, but if they did, that means they would have obviously beaten Notre Dame. They would get through SMU, so all those things are obviously going to be very tall tasks. In this situation, they would have also had to have won the American Conference Championship game because that's the week before the. Uh, the army navy game so still a huge mountain to climb before you get to that point uh but to think that that's still i mean it's still a possibility in theory it's not been it's not you know off the table yet this late we're talking november i would have i wrote that in that bullet prediction article but i don't know how much i believed it when i wrote it you know what i'm saying so the crazy thing is if we had said at the beginning of the year which of those teams would uh, more than likely make the game not the most watched game right because of their their play like which one would not be oh, yeah. a one loss team could've, looking at i mean you said maybe said navy, maybe right? navy's fighting to get that six win in a bull bid right and then maybe yep. that'd be fun but right and it's gonna be i mean almost you know kind of kind of the opposite um here at this point so i mean yeah that's you know it's just absolutely crazy that they're sitting <laughs> where they are well the one thing that i think about it is that i also recall navy being the one team that we didn't know about the most oh yeah so yeah, we had a lot of questions, right? and and Malcolm Perry, what he was going to do at all. I was going to say, I think Malcolm Perry was the was the number one person who I really didn't think would come through. But at the same time, I do remember saying it might be a completely different dynamic if he's able to own the team and own own the leadership position as a starting quarterback. And clearly, he's done that. But once again, it, I think it goes back to something we didn't even really consider, and that's just how incredible this coaching staff has been. And it, I'd say the way that I would sum up the coaching staff is they're just so honest about what they're working with and how they play and they use all of it to their advantage and they don't allow and they manage the weaknesses of the team really really well like this coaching staff is so special no i absolutely agree and and so looking at your predictions awesome like you had yeah the most watched game college football this year not not going to be the case but of course it'll be hugely watched and there could be serious implications if things continue to go the way they are but a huge tough stretch coming up so um not saying that's going to be the case but it's crazy to think um, they'll beat Air Force by three scores and Army by four. I don't think either of those things um, will, will end up happening. But the one that is on there that I think legitimately might happen, you, you had Navy will average the most yards per game since 2007 when they had 444 yards per game. And that, to me, was legitimately laughable at the beginning <laughs> of this year. 
um, just to think that that was, a, you know, going to be even a possibility. And they're sitting at 457 yards a game. So they're over that right now, um, you know, by 13 yards a game. I mean, that's just crazy, right? Oh, yeah. um, so, and then obviously the defensive turnaround. I mean, I knew what I was uh, saying. We, we've Come talked on, a lot about that. No, I know, I know. But literally your article title, the headline is bold, parentheses, and we mean capitalized, B-O-L-D, parentheses, predictions for Navy football in 2019. Yeah, I remember um, some people on Facebook or something saw the article and they were like, Austin Rocky, what have you done? <laughs> yeah. And it was also like, I think it was either you or Rocky, one of you reached out to me and you're like, hey, like, check this and make sure like we didn't go like too, you know, just absolutely ridiculous. That's the whole and even point, right? I'm like, ah, it's still pretty ridiculous. And and here we are, um, seven and one. So, if you're a Navy fan, obviously a lot to look forward to. You get this bye week um, to to maybe process where you are and kind of kind of bask in that for a week. Um, because then, like you said, a big huge stretch coming up with Notre Dame, SMU, and Houston um, to kind of wrap up before the Army Navy game. And that's the the you know the toughest three game stretch by far. Navy will have this season. Um, really, really was pulling for SMU hard on Saturday night. Uh, really wanted them to beat Memphis, but it didn't happen. So Navy's not going to be in control of their, their own destiny. Um, but, but Memphis is beatable, so they start to play Cincinnati, um, right? And so who knows what's going to happen um, in that race. And um, you know, I think Navy is certainly capable of beating SMU and Houston. Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun to watch uh, the next three weeks for them. All right, uh, let's just take, go ahead and take a break. I don't even know where we're at. Yeah, maybe a little earlier than we normally do, but let's take a break, and then we're going to come back and spend some time on Army Air Force uh, and get Kayla's and Scott's takes on uh, on that game, um, which was maybe different than we, than we thought, although something that we maybe discussed, a, a close game was certainly being a possibility. All right, welcome back uh, to the Against the Army's podcast. Uh, good discussion there uh, for me and Austin, at least. We obviously dominated the conversation, but we're – uh, very, very happy with where Navy football is right now and a lot to look forward to. How do you recap Navy UConn, guys? I mean, what, did y'all have anything to say? Oh, it's no. <laughs> Good job. Yeah, those, not, those, not surprising. Those things matter on the schedule. You know, you got to get your win. You got to get get through the bye week, and then there's there's tougher battles on the schedule. So Yeah, yeah and a lot, a lot left, um, certainly, for Navy to play for uh, this year. And I just booked my tickets tonight for Philadelphia, so – pretty excited uh, about what's to come on this season. I mean, the last four games of the season are just all great games. Um, so, okay. Saturday, uh, Army traveled to Colorado Springs to take on Air Force um, in a game they had won the past two seasons. Um, coming in, obviously, Air Force, we've talked, we, you know, we, we, we kind of set it up, and this is all set it up last week at the end of the podcast. And Scott's actually the one that said this. So everybody that's going to, you know, hate on Scott for, for – um, his army hater, what disdain or whatever you want to call it. He's actually the one that said um, that they would, you know, it absolutely could be a, a complete blowout or it could be a close uh, Air Force win or if things bounce the right way, potentially a close army win, but there was no way it was going to be an army blowout. And I, and I completely agree with that. And we got the close Air Force win. So between the two of you, I mean, whoever wants to, to run with it, if you want to dissect kind of, you know, the breakdown of that game, because it was a really good game. I mean, it was a really good game, some – close you know defensive stands and questionable calls and a few big plays here and there and uh you know i thought i thought it was a good game um i know scott maybe not as uh, happy with the play calling but obviously happy with the win i mean what was your guys take just kind of as you're watching the game well my my first thing is i it has to be on a major network how many people i talk to who are either casual service academy fans or just kind of curious as to how these games are um, playing on CBS Sports is a travesty in my mind, and so that's it's one of those things where I've talked to you guys about it, and I've been dismissed time and time again about turning the CIC race into a round robin where you know potentially the the top two teams get to play at the end of the season. I know that sounds crazy, but I, I just look at it and I saw a game like this, and I'm like, how much money is being left on the table by not hyping this game up? And then to add insult to injury, we saw the commercials for them doing a special during veterans day, um, CBS at West point. And so that was just like one thing that was kind of tough about it. But, um, overall the game, I mean, I'd like to, I'd like to hear Kayla's thoughts first. I, I wasn't thrilled with it. We got the win, but, uh, I don't know. What do you think, Kayla? So, so before Kayla jumps in, I do want to say, I think that that is an air, that is a specific thing. Nathan Pine can do 
you're not going to get the round robin thing. Like I, that, that's no, why no. it's dismissed. Yeah, that's, that's why that's, that's why we dismiss you because it's not happening. Um, but what you can get is I completely agree with. You. I mean, Air Force Navy, same thing on CBS Sports, right? Like Nathan Pine, one of his priorities should be get those two games. You may not get the the big marquee standalone week game like Army Navy is going to be, but if he could get both of those games on CBS and not CBS Sports or um, you know wherever on a on a major network. Um, guaranteed for five years or something like that. I mean, that would be one of the biggest, um, you know, things Air Force Athletics has has done to improve the marketability of their football team ever. Right? Um, I think well, that would be it. And it's, yeah, and what made doable. it really awful, especially, is how many teams were on a bye this week. Um, you know, like yeah. Alabama, LSU. The, first the only five. game that was competing with it in that time slot, you had um, – world's largest outdoor cocktail party so they obviously had georgia florida going on in that time slot but just move it around a little bit do something because playing that on cbs sports it's seriously just how much money are both teams losing out on it would it would be a win-win for absolutely everybody to to get that game showcased and, and then really turn this into something that's not just focused on the army navy game but focus on this service academy football throughout the year and get people even more excited i think that could get people even more excited about the army navy game is if you do it multiple times a year yeah, do a, do a 12 o'clock game that rolls into the 3.30 if it's going to be the Georgia-Florida weekend, and, you know, that's going to be the CBS game at 3.30 every time it's, you know, it's, yeah. you know that, that, that week, if that kind of holds, and it usually does, right, the same weekend, both those games are pretty much going on. Maybe the occasion they're a week apart. Like, do the 12 game on CBS and roll that into the 3.30 Georgia-Florida game. Like, I mean, that would be awesome. So, all right, Kayla, what do you think of the game? Um have oh my god i'm just looking at this like we're really sitting at three and six <laughs> it's so frustrating i have you know all these like notes that may be like you know irrelevant you know a couple minutes from now next you know this coming weekend but um i was very much impressed by the improvement you know that i've seen from army up until this point you know i've said it multiple times that we have yet to see it total complete game on both sides of the ball from this team. Um, I still think that did not happen, but I think it was much more improved. Uh, just some interesting things I wanted to point to. Um, you know, our starting offensive line, lineup had a couple new faces um, who are typical backups. Hopefully I'm not butchering these names. Uh, junior Luke McClear, McCleary, senior Jake Baumert, Noah Knapp, who appeared only in four games, and then Dean Powell, who appeared in all uh, four games, or excuse me, all games this past season. So it was interesting just to see um, I guess how the coaching staff is trying to adjust, um, you know, to the injuries that we've had uh, to try to kind of make, you know, improvements in relation to kind of how they're not really playing fully, you know, this triple option scheme, which doesn't really seem to be effective because they're not, you know, doing what's necessary in terms of fundamentals. Um, I was really, really impressed by Jabari Laws. You know, I voted for him for, um, you know, our CIC MVP for this week. Um, you know, his amazing 87-yard pass uh, to Camden Harrison um, was great in the third quarter. I thought it was really fascinating to see how much in terms of kind of like the passing game was much more relevant. Uh, they passed for 214 total yards, which was the most pass-heavy game they played all this season. Um, so I don't know, and maybe you guys have some thoughts. I don't know if that's more to speak to Air Force's defense or just how different Jabari Laws is as a quarterback. Um, and so for me, that's kind of exciting to see him and kind of get a peek of what he'll be like, um, you know, as he continues to develop. Uh, but I also thought that it's, you know, frustrating because, you know, he was injured later in the game as well. Um, I think Army had a chance to win this game. Um, I mean, you know, you go back, you know, through the plays, you go back through the last quarter. I play the last, you know, 30, 40 seconds over and over and over all weekend why Kelvin Hopkins didn't just make a pitch to Kel Walker and, like, seal the deal. Um, I don't know what that was about. You know, I'm not playing. I'm not in his head. I'm not the coach, you know. So I played that over and over in my head all weekend. Um, I really think that they had a chance to pull this out. Uh, just a, a couple more great people. Elijah Riley notched 10 tackles, uh, one interception. Cole Christensen, uh, who's ranked 16th in the country, who averaged uh, total 16 tackles uh, just this past game. So I think that was great. It's just crazy to see how different this team is. Um, led the country last year in times of possession. Now we're ranked 28. Fun fact, Air Force is number five. Last year we read, uh, led the country in fourth down conversions. Now we're 22. Navy is number seven, 
Um, you know, Hopkins was second in the country in rushing yards last season. Now he's not even top 50. Uh, Timothy Jackson, fun fact, who our CIC MVP this weekend, uh, was number 49. Last year, led in fourth down conversions. Now we're 33. So it kind of just seems like we're on the opposite end of, of kind of, you know, going, I don't want to say downward spiral. It just seems like there's a lot of pieces uh, that need to be adjusted. And, like, I've, I've been kind of peaked at this a, a little bit be, beginning in the season. I said, what, happen, what happens if Kelvin Hopkins um, goes down? What happens if we have injury? Um, I don't know so much as, like Navy, that we've seen. There's not that much rotation with the secondary, with these backups that we've seen with other um, with Air Force and Navy. So I don't know if that's something, um, you know, to look and ask about the coaching staff, you know, if they're the, developing these younger guys at the same rate. Um, because I think that's something that, you know, we're seeing later on in the season, and I kind of wish we would have seen early on. So a, a lot to think about for me, definitely. Kayla, the only thing that I will disagree with that Kayla said is that she said she thinks Army had a chance to win. I know Army had a chance to win. It was a, I would put the odds at a 50-50 shot. It came down to a goal line stand. And to to everyone. I put the odds over 50% if Jabari Laws is the quarterback for that last part of that last drive. Not, not. Yeah. Well, and see, here's the thing about that. by the way. There you go. Perfect. Thank (laughs) you, Austin. Here's the thing about the Jabari Laws situation. I mean, it's a little reminiscent in a weird way of why didn't, why didn't Pete Carroll give the ball to Marshawn Lynch in the Super Bowl? That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's a woulda, shoulda, coulda, and it's it's also like, well, if we kept Jabari Laws in, everybody would be complaining and saying, well, was Kelvin Hopkins good to go? Why didn't we play him? So if it didn't work out. So yeah. uh, it, it really is. I think that they did what they thought was right at the time. I mean, if, you know, well, you I mean, get he got pulled more, out because he got hurt. Yeah, right? yeah, like, yeah. If you get a few more yeah. iterations of that, maybe, maybe the game ends differently. Maybe it doesn't, but... Uh, I, I was highly impressed with Army. I really was. I, I thought the Army played up a lot, and I thought Air Force played really, really down. Um, and it met in the middle, and it ended up being a close game. I was really impressed with Jabari Laws, and I think to, I think my answer to what Kayla had asked about is this, did they switch up that game plan because it's the future of Army football? I, I don't think so. I think what it was is Jeff Munkin said, okay, you know, we, have a, we haven't been having much success running the same way that we have been. Let's go out, throw the ball, and go for broke and take some shots. And that's exactly what they did. And it worked out a couple times. And we did not see that from Air Force at all. Um, Air Force was playing extremely protective. I thought Army was playing really protective. Like, it, there was no opportunities to even turn over the ball at first. Um, and then they opened up the playbook a little bit. Air Force the entire time it was frustrating. I would I would argue that this was the worst play calling we've had all season, and basically there was just no opportunity to get momentum. It was like Air Force always seemed like they were behind in the downs, behind in the series. So we'd have a huge game, two wasted plays, and then boom, it's third and five. And so each series was like painfully predictable. I was sitting on my couch and I was just like, all right, we're gonna run a draw here. And then it's going to go, and then we would go for the option on third and eight, and it just wouldn't work out. So there was no opportunity for it. We really willed ourselves to a win in this, and I just hated to see that. It was completely frustrating. But at the end of the day, I also kind of wonder it's like, what would be the point of really trying anything different if you look at the rest of our schedule because it's it's basically all downhill from here and we I think we thought that Army was a little bit of an easier team than they were and I think that this game with how bad the play calling was it really speaks to just how talented the players are um, with a lot of the breakaways and a lot of the conversions that we had on some of those third and longs um, but I really just just frustration is kind of what I have to say about it and um I don't know. We got the win and we got out of there. It's just like, I think the biggest thing that I feel about it is I feel like the players got robbed for how hard they work. It's like you deserve the play calling that's going to put you in the best situation to come out and really teach Army a lesson. Um, And I think they were kind of robbed of that opportunity because of the play calling. All right, Debbie Downer. Um, Austin, (laughs) do you have any, any thoughts? Yeah, I, I know Scott said that he thought Army had played up for this one. I, I had made the comment, I think, in our Slack channel. I wasn't – it was a good game, but I wasn't, like, necessarily overtly, like, impressed with either team, I felt like. Um, 
Jabari Laws played great. 9 of 11, 214 yards passing. Like 214 yards passing for an Army quarterback in a game that you know they weren't really like playing from behind two scores or three scores where they were trying to catch up. That's impressive. But I don't know if Army football can do that on a weekly basis. If you look what's happening right. in the rushing line, you're saying 129 yards rushing. Like, oof, right? Like that's... That's, that's it. Tough. Yeah. They can, but they can't. That's why I said they they play they play go for broke football, and yeah, they're not going to try to do that every on the, weekend. On the flip but... side of that, my, my point to this is on the flip side of that, DJ Hammond is one of six for 19 yards and a pick, and I understand they were able to run for over 300 yards, and that was awesome. But then Army unable to convert twice inside the what five yard line, at least the 10 yard line. I mean, one of them was inside the one yard line, but it just seemed like um, I, I, I don't know. It's I don't want to say like Army played up. I feel like both teams, I don't want to say neither team wanted it, both teams wanted to win, but I felt like it, the game was for the taking. The other team wasn't really putting either team away, and the other team couldn't really capitalize on it. And at the end of the day, Air Force won with the last stand at the end. So, I mean, I don't know. It was it was a good game. I'm not taking away from that, but it didn't necessarily seem like both of them, I wouldn't call anyone playing up. Donald Hammond, though, what I, I don't have an exact breakdown of why or when we threw the ball, but I have a feeling that those were clutch times. And yes, you, you should, obviously the answer would be, well, why isn't he clutch then? But I don't think we were throwing a lot on first. And that was what I said. It would be a big breakaway play, and then it'd be pound the ball into the line twice. All right, we're third and eight. We've either got to throw it or run one of those like sweep options. And so I think when you put him in a pinch like that, I think that's how you're going to end up in a situation. And if we had changed the play calling a little bit and maybe open up the playbook earlier in the series, I, I think it would have been a lot different, but I, I don't understand. That's what I, what I don't really, what really frustrates me is I don't understand what the thought process was. Was it that, okay, we're going to try and save our team. We're going to try and play this game on the basis of huge breaking runs or why did we not try to get ahead at all and give Donald Hammond the chance to throw on first and second down? And so I think that's a, a really big answer as to why his quarterback rating was only 49.2. Uh, granted, that's an ESPN thing. But, I mean, that's that was just a big frustration for me. Well, yeah, so the only pass he completed was the last drive of the first half when they got they started with like a minute to go in the half. Um, he completed a 19-yard pass to Gerald Sanders. Um, I mean, so... And in all fairness, that pick was also a 50-50 ball into the end zone. Yeah, yeah, at the end of the half. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. True. Um, but, but I, I mean, I definitely see your point about the back and forth and never taking advantage, right, where, like, they get a lead, Army next drive, touchdown, um, can't convert anything at the end of the half, and then they take the lead back, you know, three drives into the second half, or, uh, yeah, second half, sorry, um, and Army the next drive takes it back, and then they get it back again, but they never really, you know, never really able to – to pull ahead. Uh, I mean, I guess if I'm trying to be devil's advocate in defense of, of the play calling, I'm assuming that, that, that this was because, I mean, they don't care if the score is 50 to nothing or, or 17, 13, right? Like they just want to get the W and, and, and beat army. Um, and I'm, I mean, army's offense has not been good this year at all. And their defense is actually pretty good. And so I, I'm guessing right. they're just playing conservative because they felt that strongly in their defensive playmakers to, kind of hold army and um and and make plays when they needed to make plays you know type thing and um i mean thank goodness for timothy jackson right um and and some of his you know playmaking um so definitely some standouts right i mean we, let's give some of the guys some shouts we've already shouted out jabari laws multiple times i agree i thought he played well um he, he's not you know near the the passer uh, or i mean he is he is a good passer um not near the the speed but he's still fast of like Malcolm Perry but um very similar like when I look at him playing it's like 5'9 175 um you know I mean it's just kind of like uh, I mean he's a sophomore and he's going to come in um and he is kind of the future obviously for them um in the next couple yeah. of years more than likely um so I mean that's got to be a positive right so if you're an army fan you're like man this thing's for three and six we've lost five in a row yeah it's terrible it's been an awful season um, yeah, that's one definite bright spot, right, is Jabari Laws and, and the fact that he's a sophomore in the future. Um, Timothy Jackson, like Kayla said, was our CIC MVP this week. A um, couple of just monster runs. That one run was a uh, – I think that was a touchdown drive when you had that, um, like, I don't remember how long, how long the, the the run was. Do you remember, Scott? You know what I'm talking about? That yeah, just like monster 40 running. 40 yards. Yeah, I mean, that was just – I mean, he was Break just – 
bouncing off people and just dragging people and spin. I mean, it was just a, a really like really impressive run um, that he had. And so, I mean, he definitely deserves it. And, and um, Scott's been advocating for him the past couple of weeks. And I think I saw on the, the broadcast, the first air force fullback ever, maybe with four straight 100 yard rushing games. I believe yeah. that's correct. Yep. Um, which is, which is awesome. You look at like Kyle Johnson on defense and then you brought up Mo Fafita and I was like, ah, and then you kind of like think back to the game. And I mean, he is just, he just does. He's he's that you know nose tackle, right? Like nose guard, and he, he's consistent. He's not gonna fill up the stat sheet, but well, you so you want to you want to hear the real storyline behind Mo Fafita? Um, yeah, I mean, which, I know I, I saw that. I did see that actually on Twitter. It was like yeah. the one time I broke my rule this weekend. So you can share with everybody, absolutely. Yeah, so it was uh, a little bit akin to not akin to, but it was it was given the uh, comparison to Michael Jordan's flu game. Um, Mo Fafita before the game was sick, throwing up. Uh, was hooked up to IVs um, literally up until game time, and then he came out and played. And, yeah, the thing about Mo Fafita is that his, his stats are hard to quantify. Um, I mean, you look at what he did, and he was a part of six tackles. He had three solo tackles and one quarterback hurry. Um, but he does so much more than that, plugging up the line, preventing the runs, and, and basically opening it up for the linebackers and other linemen to, to take down runners. So, um incredible show of just grit and it's just he's just a pleasure to watch and and i think people get really confused when they see him they're kind of like oh he's like the biggest lineman air force has ever had but he's he really is something special and he loves the team and uh he's just been a pleasure to watch i love having him out there and he's just so reliable and this is just another another indication that he's the real deal and that he's an incredible lineman and just a great person overall yeah Absolutely, and then apparently after the game, right, he was like basically passed out in the locker room, like couldn't yeah. couldn't get up, couldn't like celebrate with the team, like everybody was celebrating. He like literally laid it, you know, laid it all on on the field, um, which is pretty cool. I mean, pretty cool story, and and, and good on the the rest of the players for bringing light to that, right? Um, uh, that just speaks, I think, as well to who he is as a as a player and in that locker room. You know that, um, you know that he would probably not, he's never going to say anything about it, and people were like, no, nah, like this kind of story needs to be heard, type thing, you know. Um, so I, I do, I think that's awesome. Um, it, to one of the original points, and maybe it's the last thing I'll say. And then if you guys have any other closing thoughts, Kayla, you know, saying back to you, like, I thought those stats that you were throwing out just really put things into perspective as far as where army is this year compared to last year. Um, and throwing in like a Navy and air force kind of, I mean, it's almost like a, you know, rubbing salt in the wound there of where some of those players stack up, um, compared to where army was last year. But, um, you mentioned in your preview and I thought it was a really, really good preview about, We've talked multiple weeks about, you know, must win or whatever, but this, this, it's not gonna be the turning point of the season, but like this would have been a huge, just a huge victory. Um, maybe yeah. even beyond 2019 for army. Um, and I mean, it was just there, like, like, like Scott said, like they absolutely should have, should have, could have won this game, you know, um, definitely, you know, some questionable calls on both ways, but, you know, perhaps on that, um, drive in which they, they got stuffed on, uh, fourth and goal with the basically six inch line type deal um, in the in the first drive of the game and you know yeah you can't really look back at a first drive perhaps and say like that changed the game you know completely because there's still a lot of football left to play but I mean that was that was a huge opening drive nine minute drive almost to get to the six inch line and get nothing um, and then I mean that extra point right that they missed on their first touchdown in the first half. Like, how big did yeah. that come back to be um, when they need a touchdown because they're down by four instead of three at the end of the game? And so they're on the five-yard line, um, and Jabari Laws has come out, and Kelvin Hopkins has put in for the first time in the game, you know, down there at the, the seven and can't do anything. And, and, you know, if you had made that extra point, now you're just looking at a, a chip shot field goal um, to send the game to overtime and then who knows what happens in overtime, right? And and then just the ability at the end of the game, I mean, to not be able to punch it in um, when you had the opportunity. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's, it's just got to be rough for Army right now, knowing that, like, they, they definitely had had this one in a game that pretty much no one gave them a chance to win coming into. Um, and, um, you know, the good news, I guess, is now they get UMass and VMI, right? Um, yeah. So it, at, the, at this point, I, I think it is kind of, this was you know, to use a sort of you know military morale booster. I think if nothing else uh, for this team, I think is something that they really needed. Um, and you know, said it before. It's like they haven't. It's not like they 
in comparison, yes, it seems like a drastic difference, but they haven't played totally horribly, I yeah. think. It's not like the best, like the smartest kind of turn of phrase to use. Um, but, you know, like you said, it just seems, you know, the last kind of 40, 30 or seconds to go, uh, you know, they definitely had had the opportunity uh, to take it home. So for this, just hoping these back-to-back um, games, both at home also, which I think um, will hopefully boost their spirits as well uh, to be at Mikey um, and hopefully take away wins uh, before, uh, you know, going to Hawaii, uh, and which is definitely going to be a challenge. It's definitely something that's needed, so we'll see. It's, it, the, the talent is there. Um, lots of questions with injuries and who's in and who's out. Um, but, you know, I, I think Army has the chance to put it together. We're just – it's just a slow, slow turn and burn to, to see what happens. Yep. I mean, good, great point that they, once again, we say it every single week. They're not, they didn't get blown out. They played um, closer than they probably were expected again, you know, again, a little closer than obviously the experts expected um, against Air Force. Still haven't like just been like obliterated by anybody. They played close, you know, hung with every single team um, in this stretch to include, you know, that Michigan game earlier in the year. And so it's like, they just haven't been able to, to pull it out. Um, but, but there are some things that positive to look forward to and that they, they absolutely should be five and six after the next two games. Um, even with everything else, there's no reason to think they're going to lose to UMass or VMI, um, right. in my opinion. You can tell me if anybody disagrees with that. But, um, and my prediction is they'll be six and six heading into the, the Army-Navy game with a chance of bowl eligibility in a game that's always, you know, for the most part, close and will still be, I think, a, you know, a close game. So it's definitely not, certainly not, you know, still not over, um, you know, and, and hopefully they, yeah, I mean, they just, they don't, they cherish these next couple of victories and, and, and play well and finally have a complete game against one of these teams. Like that would be, I think, the, the biggest thing is to even against Morgan State, they didn't. Right? So like to play a complete game, absolutely blow out a team would be huge for them. So I want to make one way too early prediction that I know you guys are not prepared for. And this is coming from the guy who wrote the article that had Army fans in the comments up in arms. I want to say that I think Army right now will have a 9 or 10 win season next year. And I think that a huge part of it comes down to that perspective going into the season. When you tell the world, we're going to be 13-0, and our quarterback is going to be a Heisman candidate, and we are here to stay, and that's going to be it. I think that it's a huge mental blockade to go into the season and then start losing games like that. Um, and like you said, hanging in tough, it's like, what are those little factors that can change it? I think it's a lot of mental stuff and I'm looking at the schedule and I seriously can count them off, um, nine or 10 wins. And like really the only losses I potentially see are to either the service academies, Oklahoma, and maybe Tulane. So, I mean, I would say to army fans, like I've been given a lot of a flack this season and I still have, I mean, it was a nightmare in, in the mentions this weekend and seeing what army fans had to say still kind of complaining after the game, but it's like, it's, it's just a mental thing is really what I think is going on with army. And I think that Jeff Munkin has it. I don't think that they have the talent. I think they need to manage it and look at Navy as that roadmap of like managing what you have, not just going in and yeah. saying, we're, we're the yeah. best. We have a Heisman quality quarterback. Cause you don't, you just don't. So work with that. And, uh, and I think they'll rebound, but yeah, I, I, I think they'll still just go two and two for the for the next four games. So I yeah. don't know. It's a, uh, Austin, like curious, like that's a, it's a really good point, I think. And then we'll go to break um, about maybe the approach that Munkin has taken to get to this, you know, to get to where he got to the last three years, and then how that differs from either service academy, but I'm thinking Navy in particular, and kind of obviously sustained success over, you know, a decade plus now. But I mean. What does Coach Ken say every time he's asked about any opponent? Doesn't matter who it is. They're a heck of, they're a, heck of a good football team. Yeah, and <laughs> we, and I mean, the, it's almost like you can almost quote it at this point. We are the Naval Academy, right? Like we can't afford to overlook anybody or take anything for granted. Doesn't matter if it's Holy Cross or whatever. Like that's just become his kind of thing, and um, to the point where it's kind of like okay but you, you're not sure to like whether or not you buy it but then it's like i mean he believes that i truly believe like that's what that's how they and that, that gets to scott's point about managing talent and just playing with what you got kind of thing and like being honest about the limitations of that talent and knowing like um how to get the most out of your players versus i just feel a little bit like munkin's approach was like i'm going to do something that's like never been done right type thing as service came like we're going to go beyond um 
you know, what may be kind of the limits of, of the, the players that we're going to have. I don't know. Is anybody else kind of feel, I, maybe I'm off on that, but that's just kind of a feeling I get is like, he was trying to go about it a little bit different, a little bit more aggressively in his approach after, after the rebuild. Well, and he did it. No, I, he, he did it. Like he did exceed expectations. Yeah. He did something special. He went against the odds. If you told any football coach in the country, like this is, this is going to be our key stats that we're going to focus on. And this is how we're going to win football games. I mean, they would call you crazy, but he did it and proved everybody wrong and got everybody really, really excited about this team. And now, I mean, he's just seeing what happens when, you know, it when you when you do like to me, if you come out and say we are going thirteen and zero, and everybody in your program says it, just like you said, not overlooking opponents, you're overlooking every opponent saying that. Yeah. I mean, the and, and maybe and maybe no, Kayla, you had something you want to say, so I don't let you jump into no i i was saying i i I definitely agree i mean last year like they converted 31 of 36 on fourth down like that's dang near impossible that's absolutely ridiculous and to kind of think that um you can kind of recreate that over over again even when i interviewed him earlier this summer he said this is a totally different team um and we know they had some really really big losses we've talked about that before so it's kind of like okay well you're trying to recreate that but also know that know that you have these really big holes to fill um, knowing that I had questions uh, about, you know, a backup quarterback, which we kind of now have a better idea of. It, it's it's kind of like not exactly matching up um, with kind of, I guess, what we thought of as the philosophy. And, you know, we heard so many times over like analytics and numbers and numbers and numbers and playing by the numbers. And it's like, okay, well, that doesn't necessarily allocate for what happens when someone gets injured. Um, and like Scott said, it's playing um, more to the to the strengths of your players and kind of making those adjustments um, as the as the season progresses and kind of just playing this like this is how you know it's it's going to be done um, and and making it seem like the team conforms to that I don't know maybe I'm I'm giving him too much flack but yeah uh, it's 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 just it's just a it kind of seems like the philosophy uh, kind of should be adjusted I I guess and and kind of towards the nature of the team that you have yeah yeah I mean I. I, I'm not trying I give him all the credit in the world for the job that he's done um, yeah but but it's just you can just see a little bit of the, and that's fine like I don't have any problem with somebody like having swagger and being like yeah you know kind of taking that way and it's just it's just a difference in personality really of, of the person not even the coach um, that we're talking about so I mean you know the zone but like for I remember that first um, year that college game day came do you remember that also we were there when, when we were there right in Baltimore mm-hmm. um, and Munkin's up there on set, like, and it's been however many years at that point, you know, 11 years in the streak, and, like, he had not turned the program around at this point. I mean, it was still not good, and he's basically, like, almost guaranteeing victory, you know, against Navy type thing um, on the set with those guys. And me and Austin, I just remember us distinctly both being like, like, what is, <laughs> where's this dude coming up with this type thing? And, and it's and it's very similar, and we kind of end on this of, um, you know, the, just the shade that Air Force football Twitter was able to throw back um, at oh Army gosh. this year, and that but that gets the to receipts. That, but, but it gets to that exact point, right? Of like, yeah, they're able to throw shade because when President Trump, you know, mentions how tough the game was against Air Force last year, which it was, it was a very tough game that Army played yeah. against Air Force and was able to pull out. Um, Munkin's response to you know to the president is like, oh, not that tough, right? Um, and then it comes back to you know. And he probably doesn't care that it came back to bite him, but, you know, other than the scoreboard. Um, but, you know, I mean, I think that doesn't happen unless he makes that comment, right? And yeah, Ken would never say that, and Calhoun would say something just preposterous. So, I don't, I, you know. Uh, <laughs> anyways, all right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's a really good dissection. Uh, thanks, Kayla. It's got um, on, on the game, takeaways, positive, negative, um, even with Air Force winning, you know, um, some questions there. Um but we already said this weekend, I mean, you guys have anything you want to add for UMass and New Mexico? Not really. I hope they win. I think no, I, I think Army will win against UMass. I really do, and I think it'll be – Yeah, I have um, uh, I think it'll be a big, big win. A big question mark, I think, heading into the end of this season – or the end of the season. The end of this week um, with Navy on a bye, I think Army gets a big win. So is will Navy stay ranked at 25 um, in the AP mm-hmm. poll um, off the bye week? And – at eight and two, Air Force better be getting some dang votes in the eight people next week. That's one thing I do want to say. You know what? I was actually just thinking about this too. Surprise. How much actually that, and maybe I'm over speaking it, and maybe it's like there's the differences are too stark, um, and maybe has had more blowouts. But it's like 
I, I think that if Air Force won that game, and remember it was a close game against Navy, um, I think Air Force is the one that gets the ranking and the national attention and stuff, and, and Navy is the one that's just getting a few votes, and it's like, oh, they're having a pretty good season. Like, the difference oh, between absolutely. that one win is, yeah. is crazy. I agree. Austin, you agree? I, I do. I got some uh, my would-you-rather questions. We can do that after the break. Yeah, after the break. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, so yeah, I think it definitely. Uh, I, I hope you know. I, I think that they should definitely be in the others receiving votes after this week at eight and two, um, and moving towards more. You know what I believe will be you know heading into their bowl game potentially a ranked Air Force squad, which is which is pretty cool too. Um, so let's take a break. We'll come back. Austin's got some fun for us, and then we'll run down a little bit of uh, other sports um, as we wrap up this week. Okay, welcome back. Uh, so good good breakdowns of last week. Uh, garbage this coming week so let's uh let's do a little bit of different let's have some fun austin you got some would you rather questions and then we're going to talk bowl projections for the first time this year yeah um some of these popped up on twitter earlier today so actually one of them do which i'm kind of thinking uh and you touched up on it a little bit regarding the air force and navy game and the outcome of that earlier in the year but uh if you're air force would you rather win against navy or boise if you could pick one of those games to take a win off of if you had a redo which game would you take? I will take it one step further. Give me a two and ten season over a ten and two with a loss to a service academy any day. <laughs> I can tell you every single. I can. I remember distinctly every single service academy game since I was a cadet. Um, barely remember the seasons where we did really well and didn't win the CIC, even when we went to a bowl game. All right. Yeah. I think I. Mean, I, I think I agree. I mean, I'm not an Air right. Force guy, but I think if I was in that situation, I would agree with that. Other than, I mean, I, I agree. Um, I agree as well. I would say the only thing is, given the rest, the way the rest of the season has played out, um, the possibility of, of a first ever Mountain West championship, um, right? That would be the first one, right, for Air Force? Um, I believe so. Yeah, I believe so. The, yeah, played the championship game and won. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that might be something where it's like, eh, I, I, I still agree, but I could, can, I could see, like, if that was the end result as well, if you if you win the rest of your Mountain West games, go to the championship game and win that, um, that maybe I'd trade one year of not winning the CIC for having that championship um, under your belt. Yeah, now I'm speaking also exclusively as a fan and as a graduate from the academy. I think if I'm an athletic yes. director or if I'm a college football fan just in general, um, yeah, you got to take the Mountain West because I think the implications are much, much bigger um, than the CIC game, but just like you, you can't beat winning the CIC, it's the no, best. Yeah, agree. Which Kayla, do you have any thoughts? No, I I feel like you'd want a service academy win. Yeah, feel like so. So does that? Because why not? Does that mean it's really easy when my next one for Air Force and Memphis game for Navy? Would you rather, if you could trade the win over, you know, the win for the loss against Memphis and the yeah. other for Air Force? I mean, at this point of the season, and that's the thing, too, is, like, at this point of the season, I would definitely take the Air Force win and still lose to Memphis just because now if Memphis wins out, then maybe I'm, like, slightly questioning, start to start to think about it more. I'd probably still come out with Air Force, but I think at this point of the season, knowing that Memphis still has to go play Cincinnati and still has some tough games and they're a beatable team, um, and Navy, you know, is has great chance to, to, to be in a game against SMU and certainly to beat Houston. I think I would still take the Memphis loss at this point. Austin, are you going to give us Notre Dame versus Air Force? Trade that win. Trade a, trade <laughs> well, trade Air Force for this, a guaranteed win over Notre time, Dame at this point in time. Basically, <laughs> the, the same situations, right? Basically, would you have a wow. shot of making the conference championship game versus winning the CIC, which is, I feel like, a question that we ask all the time now that we're in a conference. But Yeah. Um, all right. An Army-specific one. Since they're independent, I can't make that comparison. Mm. And I, I think I know the answer to this because they can still be bowl eligible, but would you rather trade the, the UMass and VMI games for two more competitive games or even games against power five opponents than to play these two teams this point in the season. Uh, where we are right now. No, I will take VMI and I will take UMass. Take that win or those wins. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I wonder if, if okay. you didn't, if, if you knew army wasn't going to get a bowl at this time, at this point in the season, then does that, does that change, mm. does that change things? I don't know. I mean, 
It's got to. Army fans are so good at being sad. They're they're so used to it. Like, <laughs> give them some Power Five games. Give give the old grads, as they like to call themselves. Can you believe that guys who are twenty two years old graduating? They're like, I'm an old grad. Yeah, I'm so it's dumb. very odd. Um, but <laughs> give them a chance to travel to some fun college town, get really drunk, and watch their team get blown out in a Power Five stadium. Or or, my take is, if you knew they weren't going to be bowl eligible, like now, yeah, I mean, stay, try and get to a bowl game. Um, enjoy your next 10 years in Shreveport, Louisiana um, that you've signed up for. Um, and, <laughs> but if you had a chance to then, you know, maybe play two Power 5 teams and you actually came away with a victory, like that would do more for Army than two blow oh, yeah, overall against UMass and VMI will do for them this year. Oh, yeah, definitely. Visibility. All right. Those are just little fun questions. We'll shift gears a little bit to the bowl projections now, okay? First one I'm going to take a stab at is with Banner Society because that's on brand, right? So we should probably see what, what they're going to say for, for bowls. Uh, they predicted, this is Jason, by the way, Jason Kirk, Armed Forces Bowl for Air Force against North Texas. You excited about that one, Scott? Not even a little bit. <laughs> gross. <laughs> just gross. How rude. I hate, I, like... There's just something about the military contracting company title sponsored yeah. bowl games the that Lockheed I just Martin can't Yeah, the Lockheed Grumman SAIC bowl, like I can't stand it. <laughs> well, that's a good segue into his prediction for Navy playing in the military bowl in Annapolis uh, against Virginia Tech. Well, myself yeah. as a Virginia Tech fan, oh. as I grew up a Virginia Tech fan, I would be all about this one. Yeah, you'd be there for that, right? I mean, you'd go to that. I would make. I would do all I could to get there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, if Kara would let you go, you'd go to that, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, you would, right? That, yes. that, that would. And I don't. I mean, if it was Clemson, I'd do the same thing. Clemson will not play in the military bowl in any time in the near future. But um, yeah, I mean, I definitely would. No, I. I mean, so here's the thing with that game. Um, it's it's terrible for the players. It just is for Navy yeah. for the Navy players. Like to play in your home stadium for a bowl game. They try. They take them to DC for the week to like make them feel like they're not in Annapolis, and it's just like, and I get it, but it is a good bowl. Game. It is like I've been to that bowl game three times. It's a good I bowl do. game against the ACC team. It's one of the better um, American bowls you can get, and I think it's usually absolutely. in the top like third, top quarter when they do like the prize rankings for like what yep. the players get. It's yeah. usually not bad. Yeah, uh, in a couple of years, it's not going to matter with NIL stuff coming down the, the pipeline. No one's going to care anymore about the PlayStation Four you got um, at the, the bowl game, but. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, it's a good bowl game. It's just, and as a fan, it's great. And Navy has played well in that game, too, and beaten some um, good ACC teams uh, in that bowl game. But as a player, like, no. I don't want to go, I don't want to stay here for Christmas to play in Annapolis. <laughs> Sorry. Like, <laughs> you know. Fair know. enough. All right. We'll go to uh, Brett McMurphy, my favorite individual. Stadium. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, a stadium. Uh, Armed Forces Bowl, Air Force versus Western Kentucky. Oh, that's worse than uh, Texas. <laughs> yeah. I watched that Western Kentucky Army game, and that was it just was awful. bad. Yeah. And then the Navy is featured in the Birmingham Bowl against Duke. Mm. Play against David Cutcliffe, you know? Not terrible. Yeah, I mean, I think the players might like that because it's a different place, but I think yeah. grads, like me, I would much rather go to Annapolis than Birmingham. Uh, than Birmingham, absolutely. Yeah. Like, I don't want to go to Beham, um, for sure. Navy and Duke, for a while there, during the Independent Days, had a, had a little bit of a, you know, I would say a rivalry, but they play each other pretty frequently, and um, did you ever go down to a Duke game, Austin? Yes, weirdest tailgate I've been a part of. <laughs> it's a very eclectic, yeah. unique crowd. Yeah, yeah, Durham. <laughs> it is a unique place. Um, yeah, I mean, I, those are always pretty close games. I mean, we have a history with Duke. And, so. and in both of these projections, Banner Society and then Stadium, um, I would say Navy has the better one because they're playing ACC opponents. That's kind of what sets them yeah, apart. Yeah. I, oh, no, definitely. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I should say neither one of these have Army predicted to make it or to be in a bowl game. Fabulous. Um. CBS Sports has a unique one. It has Navy in the Cure Bowl, which is in Orlando, which would be great for me because it's less than two hours away, against Georgia yeah. Southern. I mean, you look at the like the the connections that that go between Navy and Georgia Southern, Army and Georgia Southern. Um, not thrilled about playing Georgia Southern per se, but I I would take that and this kind of the the backstory to that that you can add 
and the fact that that game's in Orlando, I mean, yeah, like, I'd be excited about that. And I know, I know the players would be excited about that because they usually do like the whole Disney World thing or Universal or whatever yeah, as part of that, trip. you know? Yeah, I mean, um, as far as pleasing both sides, that would be, I mean, I wouldn't pick that opponent, but as far as pleasing both sides, I think that's the best one so far. Well, Scott, do you have any idea where the uh, Air Force Falcons are ending up in this projection? Yes, and the Armed Forces. Well. <laughs> the Armed Forces. Do I? I'm realizing, do I just, like, hate bowl season? Like, you do. I'm, There's I'm start- wrong with you. Like, I know. I'm, I'm starting to realize that. the best time. Season. I think I hate it. Like, I like the New Year's Six Bowls, and, I, I like, I'm looking at the list, and it's like, yeah, the Florida ones are cool. I, I know that Fort Worth is good for uh, Air Force because there's a ton of Texas players, so they'll have family there and that kind of stuff, but, like... They need to play multiple games in the Bahamas, like a Conference USA against the MAC for the Bahamas Bowl, but like the rest of like Albuquerque, you know, go to Albuquerque, Montgomery. There's like multiple bowls in Alabama. Like it's terrible. I should have. I don't know. That game just seemed like gross money grabs. Oh, I know. Yeah, against Buffalo. (laughs) Like, and that's supposed to be a Big Ten Mountain West matchup. So that was a team that got a uh, replacement bid. There is on ESPN, they do project, uh, there's two of them, Miami, Ohio versus Air Force, and Air Force, Washington State at the Armed Forces Bowl. So I'm sure in all this, Those are... you would love to have Washington State. Yeah, I guess. I mean, like, I, I guess getting to see Air Force go up against Mike Leach. I would I would pay, I wish you could bid on, like, you know how you could bid on experiences to just watch Mike Leach and Troy Calhoun have a conversation. Yes, I was just getting ready to say that. <laughs> is there a, that would, be would there be a, a more... Uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, I want to say weird, but like, what? There's a better word than that. Just weird is really good. It's <laughs> yeah, okay. Perfect. <laughs> there, is there? Is there? A, are there two other coaches where you put them together in college football right now? That's a more more weird dynamic than Calhoun versus Leach in a football game. <sighs> I can't think of another. That would be a fun press like, conference week. Honestly, if you did like maybe maybe Harbaugh, but also Michigan's kind of in a weird spot right now, so I feel like yeah. Harbaugh hasn't been as fun. But. He hasn't been. You're right. I, I can't think of anybody. I can't think of, of – it's just off the top of my head, but I can't think of anybody that – Yeah, I don't want to keep people too long. We'll do the last one for Navy here. Birmingham Bowl versus San Diego State or the Military Bowl against Miami, which would be fun to play against Miami. Like, oh, you know, yeah, Miami would be fun. That's not an opponent you play all the time. So uh, I would say yeah. Navy has the early edge and the better matchups at this point. Uh, when it comes to bowl location, yes, the players would not be thrilled to be in Annapolis. Granted, if you're rebounding after a 3-10 and year, I think uh, you're okay with that. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Even the San Diego State game, like, um, yeah, given kind of where they're ranked right now. Hand, like, though, like, that's weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, for sure, for sure. Um, but I don't know. That's not, that's not a terrible, terrible game. Um, all right. When's the last time Navy played Miami? I don't know. Sixties. Look it up. Yeah, I think like nineteen sixty-one. You looking it up? Or no? No, no. Yeah, I'll look it up. Seventy-one. It was seventy-five. Did you beat me to it? I did. Yeah. So yeah, nineteen seventy-five. Three and two all time. Miami's got three wins. Navy's got two. And the last time they played with Navy won in nineteen seventy-five. There you go. Yeah. yeah, that would be fun. And also, the, the Virginia Tech matchup will be potential fun because that's Justin Fuente, and the Navy destroyed him in the Liberty Bowl that one year. And that'd be fun. Yeah, also, like, the you know, core cadets and all that kind of stuff there as well that would maybe add something to that. Yeah. True, true. Okay, <laughs> so. those are my bowl projections. Those are my would-you-rathers. I had some other things. I've, I'm curious about underdog dynasties. Uh, Poll. I've seen some ballots and just makes me scratch my head sometimes, but we don't want to talk about that tonight. Uh, shift gears real quick to basketball and then wrap it up. Yeah. Do we have any questions? Oh, shoot. We do have questions, man. Got to get them in there. All right, questions. We'll skip basketball. We'll, we'll get a good recap. You just run down the game. Run down the basketball games for this week. Okay, so some good... This is going to be out on Thursday, yeah. though, so why are we even going oh, over yeah. Tuesday games? So that's a bummer. <laughs> we'll so get maybe either beat or either won or lost against George Mason. <laughs> no, we're not gonna do that. We're not gonna do that. When you listen to this, though, Navy Clemson on women's basketball on Saturday, that's gonna be good. I'm Friday, Friday night will be uh, East Carolina at Navy in the Veterans Day Classic. Yeah, um, Veterans Classic is a big deal. Texas State versus Air Force on Saturday, uh, and then Sunday is Washington College versus Navy. Army does not have a men's basketball game this weekend. 
they play Villanova on Tuesday, but this will already be over by then. And then on the women's side, yeah, they start playing on Tuesday. Then Friday, you've got is it NJIT versus Air Force. Uh, Saturday is Navy at Clemson. And then Sunday is Army. And I can't read my handwriting. So that's cool. I'm sure it's important. What's that? I'm sure it's an important game. Arizona State. Oh, that's a good game. game. ASU, that's what All my right. letters say. Arizona Army at Arizona State on Sunday. Okay. Yeah. So some basketball. We're not, I mean, we've just, we've already been an hour long. We do want to do about, give basketball its due diligence, and we will. Uh, we will. We just, let, me, let me run down real quick before you ask these questions, too. Let's give some other teams some due diligence. So Sprint Football Championship for the CSFL is this Friday. Army and Navy are playing in a rematch of what was a really, really good first game. Navy came from behind to beat Army. Um, that's Army's only loss. Navy's undefeated on the year. They're going to play for the the national championship um, on Friday. Navy women's soccer, we, we gave Navy men's soccer a lot of love a couple weeks ago, and they have just fallen off with three straight losses. Um, not not playing well right now, but the women's soccer team is number one in the Patriot League, heading into the tourney, 15-2-2 and on the year. Um, Air Force women's cross country finished second in the Mountain West, which is tied for their best ever, and they're 14th in the country, and they beat Boise State, in that who was 13th or 12th, um, and only lost to New Mexico. Um, TJ Fumagalli, Air Force tennis player set the all-time wins record for Air Force um, now at 204 wins in her career. Um, uh, Army men's cross country won their third straight Patriot League title um, and uh, and got a really close in-star. And then uh, Army and Navy wrestling did the battle on the midway this past weekend um, out in San Diego, which is pretty cool to like wrestle on the midway. Um, and uh, and both did pretty well. Navy went two and one. Army went one and one. But Army's loss was to Wisconsin, who's really good. You know, wrestling program. They only lost by one, 16-15. So good starts for, for both of them. So there you go. All right, questions. It's good stuff. Hey, if Navy wins out and Memphis loses a game, are they in the driver's seat for the New York Six bid? I would say a one-loss AAC champ is probably in the driver's seat. Does Scott, the Mountain West? fan disagree with that statement right now no <laughs> all right like no i don't just dis- no i don't disagree yeah i agree yeah yeah i mean you're assuming in that scenario that 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 unless something crazy happens that that means cincinnati beat memphis so navy's playing cincinnati a navy team that beats a cincinnati team that had one loss going into that game that's in the top 15 by that point um absolutely yeah i mean cincinnati smu yeah. memphis or navy right are all your one loss possibilities out of the american yeah and I would think they all have a probably a better resume than Boise would at that point. Boise's one loss is certainly yeah, the I mean, worst. Boise's win over SDSU will not look as good as Navy's win over Cincinnati with one loss at that point in that situation. And even if SDSU beat Boise, I don't think that's enough to overcome given their schedule and the way they've played a one loss AAC team. Uh, I just don't. I don't think it's uh, yes. Navy's Navy's in the driver's seat for New Year's Six. Kayla does not have an American or Mountain West connection. Yeah. She, uh, what are your thoughts? I mean, I think that's a, a giveaway that they yeah. did. <laughs> okay, next question. <clears throat> there's obvious, this is not my wording, there's obvious dislike between Air Force and Army. Has it gone too far? <laughs> I don't dislike Scott. <laughs> <laughs> that's let's, not, yeah, let's go, that's on, not let's what go, we're talking let's about Let's go here. micro here and look at the uh, football yeah. program. <laughs> I mean, you'd have to... Like, in my mind, when talking about football, you'd have to kind of define exactly what we're talking about and what's being blown out of proportion and what isn't. Like, if you're talking about the fact that Army football blocked a bunch of people and Jeff Munkin have blocked a bunch of people, then no, I don't. I think it's weird. And the other thing that I don't think people understand is, for whatever reason, I think in, in people's minds, they think that the superintendent is the one that's sitting there blocking people. It's not, it's more than likely a social media manager who did not serve in the military, who is hired um, by the program doing it and making these decisions for whatever reason. I think the Aurora thing was out of bounds last year, but just to put it into perspective, stealing mascots is a thing. Like it's been a thing for a long time. It just kind of went wrong last year. For a lot of schools, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and it's big in, at service academies too, right? Like the goat has been stolen, yeah. the army's mule. So um, that that just went wrong. I really don't think there was true malice. I just think that they don't understand that a bird of prey needs to be taken very, very well care of. Um, I There was also a, a really bad picture of 
Air Force players uh, of an Air Force player flipping off Army at the end of a scuffle, and then there's obviously scuffles. But no, I don't. I don't think it's gone too far. I think it goes too far when people who are not related to the programs go at each other, especially on Twitter. But that's also a bigger issue of just Twitter in general and how people interact. Um, I, I think that it's fairly respectful between everybody. I also think it's tough because. Jeff Munkin doesn't have any military experience himself, whereas Troy Calhoun does. So maybe some of the way ways that he talks about it, he doesn't. Even though he's in it, he doesn't fully understand the way that Troy Calhoun does. And I think Kenny Amatololo has always been extremely respectful and has a really, really good understanding of military culture. So it's just a little bit different. But no, I, I don't think it's too far. I think there's some things that aren't good to see, but I think for the most part, it's either all in good fun or it's just like that's it's tough and they love what they're doing and they're they take football very seriously and i I like to see it i think it's good yeah i think it's good healthy sibling rivalry um good natured i've seen far worse and that's a good point like if you're but but we're obviously you know the whole higher standard thing just it just automatically gets applied blanketly to service teams And, and i think people are talking about yes the twitter War, if you will, plus the last year, the, the mm-hmm. flipping off, the kind of scuffle at the end of the game, and then there was a scuffle at the end of the game this, you know, Saturday um, yeah. that didn't turn into anything. But it looked for a second there like it might turn into something, um, you know, after that last play, basically because of that crazy um, jump, the snap, how that's not offsides, I'm not sure that Army did that knocked the ball backwards to the one yard line or whatever as they're trying to kneel down. Um, I think some Air Force players took offense to that. So. Uh, and Kenny's Kenny's dad served in the Coast Guard, and his brother has served in the Army. So I think that plays into part of that. To your point, too, Scott. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, I, I really I don't think it's gone too far. I mean, it, there's heat of the battle, heat of the moment, whatever you want to say. Anyway, too, that happens all the time. It's a rivalry, then that's what happens sometimes. And uh, not not making excuses for it, but I don't think that defines that it's going too far, right? Um, last thing, not a question, but I found this of note. If you remember is Ed, Edgar Allan Poe. Remember him? Army? He's apparently yeah. playing right now <laughs> f- uh, in the Champions... Was it now? The National Arena League. And he is a wide receiver on the New York streets. And apparently he has been asked to join an NFL skills camp next week. And he's asking for donations to get there. So, hmm. got a GoFundMe out there. Oh. If you're interested, you okay. help fact. Mr. Poe get to the NFL Skills Challenge. All right. Well, um, uh, somehow even with a no discussion on the upcoming week, we still took you know an hour and ten minutes of everybody's time. Um, but I think a lot of good discussion on Army Air Force game. Um, thanks for the would you rather's Austin and the bowl game projections. Unlike Scott, I love bowl season, so that gets me excited. Maybe it's because. <laughs> of the opponents that maybe is projected to play. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's that time of year, and uh, we're getting towards the, the home stretch here. Um, and it's exciting exciting times, and so this week will be kind of blah, but we'll be definitely looking forward to being back next week um, with, you know, some much better matchups to discuss, um, in particular Navy Notre Dame for sure. Uh, will be a fun one to discuss next week. So look forward to being back, and, uh, and we promise we'll talk about basketball. Next week, at least give you recaps of the scores, at the very least. So, all right. See everyone next week. Congratulations to the Navy midshipmen. Winners of the Commander-in-Chief's Trophy, the great Air Force Falcons. Now, the United States, we are-